Do you have somebody in your life who loves books? Somebody who not only loves books, but always wants to share what she's <laughs> reading with you, thinking that they're just going to love your latest selection? You'd better. And inevitably, <laughs> you just can't stand that book that they suggested. That's us. Mm -hmm. We both read a lot. Well, I don't even read. I listen. But we very rarely agree on what constitutes a good read. I enjoy books that build up new worlds, inviting magic, mystery, and sometimes robots into our lives. Science fiction and fantasy rule. I listen to a variety, but it's all grounded in reality. Mm. You can keep your robots. No, I'm going to share them broadly. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. You're making me read what? Your hosts on this monthly podcast are myself, Jessica, and my colleague, Christine. We're librarians who get a thrill out of a great book, but usually can't stand what the other person is reading. We've each selected some of our all-time favorite books, mm -hmm. and each month we'll alternate between the lists with the goal of persuading the other to enjoy a read she would never have picked up on her own. <laughs> and I stress, never. <laughs> Even a book that isn't entirely your style may have some redeeming qualities to it, right? I guess we'll see. We will. Well, okay, so today's book is really a novella. Uh -huh. It was fairly short. It was very short. You're welcome. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> but we still do need to do a spoiler alert because there, there are definitely things in there. So now is the time for us to warn you that we're going to discuss the whole book, including the ending and any magical twists. If you haven't read this month's book, which is called All Systems Read by Martha Wells, and don't want us to spoil anything for you, please stop listening now and join us after you've read it period <laughs> or if you decide you don't want to read it well i'm going to go on record and say you probably want to read it <gasps> so excited right now. Yay! <laughs> it's that easy it is that easy people i know i'm very i'm a very happy person generally um, I was talking with someone recently who was talking about, like, people's styles. Mm -hmm. Like, some people, when you're having a conversation with them or you're uh, you're interacting with them, it's like you're in a high-speed taxi chase. Like, there's shark corners <laughs> right. and barked orders and, like, what's going to happen? And when we were talking about my style, it was like, I'm going to hold your hand. Mm -hmm. We're going to maruse our way through, like, a wildflower field. I'll give you a cookie along mm -hmm. the way. Generally, very mellow. Try to be happy. But I would say there's some skipping in there. There's some, like, Obviously. unexpected weirdness. Like uh, You know, you got to pop some bubbles absolutely. as they appear in the air. Right. Find the it's rainbow. All those things. It's not necessarily. No, but, but it is happy. a joy. Yeah, it is a agreed. joy. But, oh, <laughs> the level I have reached today, I am flying high <laughs> on the happiness. You loved my book. You loved it. You loved it so much. That is exactly, those are exactly the words that I just used. I know. I loved it so much. So much. <laughs> and if I might interject, the so had a period after it, and then the much had a period. You loved it so much. They were probably all um, capitalized oh, as well. This is the best day ever. <laughs> Tell me all the reasons that you love it. Well, I think you should tell us about it first. <laughs> tell us why you picked it and tell us about the book. I don't think I want to. I'm afraid. I'm afraid that the more <laughs> that we... I'm going to say, oh, wait, I didn't read that book. I'm afraid that if we talk about it, you're going to pop the soap bubble that I'm living in right now. Okay. So seriously, though, uh, this is a novella and Martha Wells is an American author. She's been writing for decades now and she is a pretty well tenured sci-fi fantasy author. She's won a bunch of awards, Hugo, Nebula, Locus, Alex Awards, including four awards just for this novella. Ooh. So this one won all four of those in 2018. Wow. It is fairly short, mm -hmm. and it's the introduction to a series. It's called the Murderbot series. Oh, no. Although in my head I call them MB. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hard time 
connecting with something that called himself Murderbot, so I just shortened it. Um, so the story starts with this AI entity. He is an it, excuse me, mm-hmm. is an amalgam of organic human components and AI machinery. And it is a, a sec bot. He is a security android AI thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has, uh, his current contract is with a company that is exploring a planet to see if the option that they purchased, if they don't expand it to, to mine the planet for minerals and resources. And uh, he's not real good at his job. <laughs> <laughs> Mainly because he does not care. Right. Uh, he has hacked his, uh, his. it's called a governor module in the book series, mm-hmm. his oversight, the mm-hmm. thing that makes him have to listen to the orders that people give him. He's hacked that because it did not give him enough time to watch the soap operas that he needed in his life. And the story unfolds as he is helping his his team of scientists and explorers and politicians figure out if they want to you know, buy this planet mm-hmm. uh, but then it ter- quickly turns into a murder mystery yep and then i will i will leave it from there that's my book talk about it oh nice Thank if you, you. want to find out what happens check it out from your you local need library to read all systems read by martha wells <laughs> but that's the the basic yeah. kind of starter overview yep. of it so how many pages in did you realize your love of robot books <laughs> well specifically murder bot murder bot um well Right before we started recording, we were talking about people who drop you in in the middle of a conversation and mm-hmm. you're kind of like, wait, what just happened? Mm-hmm. Are, did I miss something? Am I missing the whole context of everything? <laughs> I felt like that for the first five or ten, five or ten minutes. Yeah. Um, but as I have told you, I did with several of our other books. <laughs> I just let it wash over me and decided <laughs> that some of it would come clear and that which did not come clear, I didn't need to know about anyway. Yep. Correct. So, um, and that happened miraculously. So see how you've already broadened my horizons and my outlook on life. I was going to save this until next month. Yes. So next month we are recording our 48th episode, our four-year mark. Wow. But today it only took us 47 episodes to get here. (laughs) Folks. I'm a click learner. (laughs) That's a miraculous thing that we've done here. It just goes to your teaching abilities, mm. your strong, strong teaching abilities. Certainly not. <laughs> so I, I, um, you know, once I realized that the details I didn't really need to know didn't really matter, it was fine. I would catch up at some point. Um, I found it actually very charming and listenable, and I was completely, completely entertained. It, he's just such a weird character. Yes. So the thing about MB mm-hmm. or Murderbot, whoever, mm-hmm. whatever you want to go with, so. It is uh, self-cognizant. Mm-hmm. It makes its own decisions. And, you know, part of the question as you get further into the series is, what is life? Right. What does it mean to be uh, a self-thinking, self-deciding entity? But this short story that kicked it off was really, are you a human or are you a robot if you want to spend all of your free time, instead of working the job that you're paid to do, right. If you want to watch TV serials right. and you will defend the storyline of those serials to other people. But you don't want anybody to know. Like it, it had a lot of very human <laughs> characteristics, which it would have to, of you course. know, but it wanted to hide behind its face shield mm-hmm. so that it didn't have to interact with any humans because humans are so weird. Mm-hmm. So it was highly entertaining. I loved that it was <laughs> lazy. Like the idea that you would have a lazy robot really appealed to me. That's very funny because you, we as humans think, well, the reason that you have a machine do something is because it's 
perfect every time or mm -hmm. predictable every time. Mm -hmm. Or it takes the burden off of you so that the human can be lazy. So that you can go watch your cereals. Mm -hmm. But no, mm -mm. Uh, Murderbot mm -hmm. is binging. Mm -hmm. Well, and Murderbot is not the name that anyone has given him. No. It's it is his, his self-described name. Which is why I choose to use it because I think people get to choose their own labels and I'm extending that to non-people. I appreciate that. I'm going to call him MB in my head. That works. Just because I like it so much. Sure. But, you know, it as an entity, it looks like a human. Right. It wears clothes. Mm -hmm. It chooses to wear its security helmet most of the time so it doesn't have to make eye contact with people. And in fact, at one point, the humans that it is supporting and that he's trying to help them solve this murder mystery for are trying to reach out. They're trying to empathize yes. with him. They're trying to build a connection. And at one point, he walks away and he turns and faces a corner. <laughs> the corner he just right. does not want to look at them. Right. He does not want to make eye contact. Right. He's not interested in their empathy. Nope. In fact, in some of the later books, he calls them not friends, not dash <laughs> friends, so that you know they're not your friend. Right. They're people that we may be aware of and can identify kind of as different human-shaped blobs. Mm -hmm. But we don't really want to be their friend because humans right. are not very smart. Well, and and that was sort of alluded to, not gone into it in this book. <laughs> but I, I thought that the interesting – one of the interesting things in this book, there are – correct me – um, mm -hmm. I think seven humans or oh, eight gosh. humans. It's it's a handful. It's a pod. It's okay. a pod of people. And only one of whom's name I can remember. Mensa. Dr. Mensa, who was the, um, the head oh, of this yeah. um, exploration. Mm -hmm. The others are sort of, I mean, you do kind of get to know their personalities, but there's, they're really anonymous. Like, yeah, and even their background. As I was um, looking up to see reviews and other things about the book, mm -hmm. nobody had a list of characters, which is really unusual. Most yeah. um, plots summaries will yeah. have at least the f first, you know, two or three. Yeah. Nope. It had um, Murderbot mm. and a couple mentioned Dr. Mensa, but yeah. really did not talk about the rest of the cast. And it's not, I would say it's not unusual in this scenario. This was a novella. It was mm -hmm. maybe a hundred maybe a hundred pages. Right. It was, it was a shorty thing. And so much of it is setting the tone both for future books in the series and for that kind of internal dialogue that this AI is having. Yeah. Like in at the very start of the book, um MB is out with one of the other scientists, mm -hmm. Bahar Baraji sorry the letter B. Right. And um, they think they're on this planet with just, like, low-level life forms. Like, maybe there's a bird. Maybe there's some kind of fish thing. Right. And then this giant tube monster comes out of the ground and tries to eat one of them. Right. And Murderbot saves the person, gets them out of the thing. They go back to their habitat, and they're all healing. Right. And while everyone is healing, you know, they've downloaded eight hours of TV that they're going to watch <laughs> while they're just sitting in their little cubicle uh, fixing up all their parts. And he... It, I keep wanting to call him he, which is yeah, funny. Yeah, it is funny. Um, it goes through and it's kind of detailing the people that live in this habitat. And it talks about how, you know, they're not as good as TV characters. Right. They're not as uh, clearly defined. Right. They're not as outrageous in their ex in their experiences or in their emotions. But, you know, there's some interesting things. They're like, this person's flirting with this person. Right. These people are in a relationship that's right. so long-lasting that everyone knows about it. That one over there is got three husbands back on a different planet. Right. It was just very funny how he, it, gosh, it. I did it again. It is trying to compartmentalize the people that it is with every day 
into terms of what it watches on human produced media to try and build those relationship ties, even though it doesn't want to have those ties in person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It totally wants to be a spectator and Mm -hmm. not involved. in. Yes. Very voyeuristic. Yes. And the kind of murder mystery aspect of this was (laughs) really, really weird and kind of funny as well. It was super, like, simplistic and oh yeah, tropey, you know. But, Very much so. But it, but it was clear that that was not the that was not the winning point. The angle of the no, book. Yeah. you know, there was another there was another group that was on the planet that was trying to explore and mine, and they showed up to render aid and found that they had all had giant sonic drills <laughs> blasted through blasted them. through their chest. Right. Yes, that part less intriguing. As you get into further books in the series, which I know is not the point of what we're doing today, but is still kind of interesting to see the progression so then they go back and forth between novellas okay. and full-length books huh, okay um i don't know why the author chose to do that but i thought it was really interesting uh, you know how like some tv series that aren't on like mainstream like mm-hmm. if you go to hbo mm-hmm. uh, or you watch game of thrones mm-hmm. some of the episodes are 40 minutes and some of them are 60 minutes okay. and they don't really care how long they're not cutting stuff out they're right. just keeping it as long as they want the content to be in there and I kind of assume she's done the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. there are some stories that she's like, well, 100 pages will get me there. I'm good. Mm-hmm. And then other portions of it where she's like, we're going in. Deep dive. Okay. Let's make this happen. So the next one was a novella as well. And you find out in this first book, All Systems Red, that Murderbot, he calls himself Murderbot. Right. Because at one point before he broke through his governor module, his system malfunctioned, mm-hmm. and he did kill a, a very people. large number of humans. See, I paid attention. 57 you, people. So good. I didn't Thank remember you. that number. Yeah. You win the number game. Thank you. So he, he killed all these people. Right. And it's implied that he feels remorse. it feels remorse about that. That right. it's it couldn't get past that. And that was what drove it to break through the module that held control over it so it wouldn't be in a place that it did that again. Right. Right? So the next book... Murderbot goes back to the scene of where that happens to try and dig further into it. And then the third book, it comes to the support and defense of Dr. Mensa, Hmm. who is being questioned about what happened in the first book. Interesting. So it all continues to tie back to there. Yeah. Um, You know, none of them are that different. Mm -hmm. He does. It does not want to talk to people. Uh It is not really heavily invested in humankind other than (laughs) the very small circle of folks that it knows. But there's a lot of loyalty. Very much so. And that's that was kind of an interesting, like I was trying to parse, not to be all deep and stuff because I'm just not that way, but mm. I was trying to figure out like <clears throat> how many human characteristics Wells was trying to get us to think about. Yeah. And, um, well, the whole idea of having any kind of self-actualization is, you know. That's and, that's, and the whole AI thing is, I, I, I was glad we read it now with AI being mm-hmm. so heavily in the news right now and trying to figure out. Is this going to be the last greatest thing we do and then it's going to eat us alive? You know, <laughs> so. <laughs> well, and, and part of, you know, the main storyline here was they were not supposed to know that it hacked into its government right. module. But they found out due to the course of events and the majority of the, the humans that are there exploring immediately identify with Murderbot and think, okay, you are a cognizant entity. You have chosen to do this. We're going to help you and protect you. Right. And then one person's like, nah. Well, that's the mm-mm. augmented human. Yeah, I know what you could do. I don't want to play that yeah. game. Yeah, and yes. he keeps testing uh-huh. Murderbot. And, and Just to see. Yeah. Like, are you going to snap? Yeah. Are you are you actually the one that killed all those other people? Like, right. 
unless there was some kind of really conflicted split narrator, we as the reader knew that was not Murderbot. Oh, right. Good point. But you never quite know. Right. Authors use a lot of tricky, tricky, sneaky things out there to try and confuse us. But the AI part in general, like, I don't, I'm not a scientist. Mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know a ton about how it all actually works. Uh Uh-huh. I've also never watched the Terminator movies, which <laughs> maybe could play into this. Oh, my gosh. I think we're the only two people I know. in the history of life who've not watched, and we're sitting in the same room. Lightning's going to strike. Or Black Hole. Oh, yeah. I know. One or Robot from the Past. Murderbot. Or the Future. Where does he come from? Oh, my God. Someone's going <laughs> to be really mad when they listen to this. How did you not know where Terminator came from? You two dumb people. <laughs> we're very smart in other ways. We're not named Sarah Connor. Sure. At least I knew that part. Okay. I'm going to assume that's a Terminator reference. Yeah. Um, But in general, like, I don't know a ton about AI. Right. And what I do know is either the incredibly frightening headlines Mm -hmm. that you read in the news now. Right. Or what I read about robots in science fiction books that I assume is not real. (laughs) Assume. I think think that's very good since it's called fiction. Like, good for you for realizing that science fiction fiction is not true. Right now. It's not true right now. But we don't know what's going to happen. Correct. And when you see that kind of sensationalized mm-hmm. news about, um, like, I don't know if, if if you've read anything about, like, chat GPT, uh-huh. right? Uh, or if you've tried it out yourself. I have not. And, like, it's lying. Like, right? Like, <laughs> you'll, you'll read these news articles and they'll talk about how people were trying to use it to help, like, zhuzh up their resume. Right. Or trying to help get work worked on on a paper for school and this ai construct is just like making up references well i particularly was fond of the one that um made up court cases and the two attorneys (laughs) got nailed for it because they cited court cases that guess what didn't Didn't happen happen. (laughs) well and that you know that's certainly worrisome that that if that is the trajectory based on what the human input in developing it is doing right and then you kind of balance it with the science fiction science Mm fiction-ish component of what we read about, there's so much to gain for our own personal laziness. Oh, yes. As we continue to develop AI, but there is so much to fear as well. You have to find the right balance in there. Yes. Yes. Very interesting time to be reading something about. Right. Like, you know, how how human would we make Mm -hmm. AI? And what are the pros and cons of that? And, and are we are we too far down the rabbit hole right. at this point? Right. Yeah. We not to give too much away, but in a couple of months I have you reading a Philip K. Dick book. Uh-huh. And there's some of the same questions and conundrums in that series of short stories that we'll be reading. So it'll be interesting to see what, what else has transpired in the next couple of months that might change <laughs> our, our viewpoints on this. Oh dear. Um I wrote myself down <laughs> I put in a direct quote because it amused me very greatly. Yeah. So thinking about AI and as it become sentient and what it is choosing to do with its time and my own family dynamics. Mm-hmm. Murderbot reminded me incredibly of a moody teenager. <laughs> just, it's just, it was this, the similarities were striking. And I wrote down this quote, the sense of urgency just wasn't there. Yes. And also you may have noticed, I don't care. And, <laughs> and that particular quote was, you know, his job is to provide security for mm-hmm. this this group that is assessing the planet. And they receive information packets that they're supposed to download so they have it readily accessible. <laughs> right. And he downloaded some of it. Some of them. 
did not look at it. Right. Did not identify that there are huge missing pieces of the map of the world they were exploring. Oops. Also did not identify whose contract he had taken. Oops. So he didn't know who he was working for. Right. Doesn't matter. And showed no interest in finding out either of those things before he got called on it. And he, like, pretty readily was like, yeah, I didn't do that. Yeah. So the, yeah, he, no. didn't, he didn't, like, advertise it. Yeah. But when he was called on the carpet, he didn't deny it either. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I, I sort yeah. of did some of this, but not yeah. all of it. Not a lot of it. Yeah, because yeah. I don't care. And then it had its shield down, so it's not like you could see its face right. as it was doing things. Okay, I have to ask. So you and I have both called Murderbot He several yes. times now. What do you think we're doing that for? Like, the the character in the book does not have any... It's a robot. Right. With human organic components. Right. But it does not have any sexually defining characteristics. It right. does not identify as male or, or female because it's an AI. Right. And it specifically says in the book at some point it doesn't need to because it does not work in a sex industry. Right. It very specifically. Yeah. Does, yeah. Not, a, not, does not need those parts. That is right. not its function. Right. But you and I both have called it he mm -hmm. several times now. I wonder why we have identified it with that gender. Is it because it's a security unit? Is it because of the moody teenager-ness of it? I just, I'm not sure what... There are moody girl teenagers, I know too. that, but I have only had moody boy teenagers okay. in my house. So okay. I think that's why I keep... It reminds me of my little brother. <laughs> that's why I keep landed back there. Well, I saw the... Now, because I listened, yeah. I don't see the book cover very frequently. Oh, sure. But on the cover... It's a very masculine. I had I looked mm. a couple of times, and it is a very masculine appearing figure. Okay. And so I don't know if that influenced me, but you're right that it, it it is called it throughout the book, which in fact was distracting to me as a listener. Yes. Because having an entity called it feels so demeaning, even when you know, you know, like yeah. intellectually, that it isn't it, and it doesn't have any gender. I just went up and pulled up the book cover mm -hmm. on my phone as well. And you're right. It does have a very – it looks like a soldier. Yes. So the graphic on the cover is of a Murderbot in his security uniform. Mm -hmm. So it's got the broad shoulders. It has the full helmet on. It's got a weapon on its arms. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if that's it too. So it, it has a kind of a beefy, yeah. manly look. Yeah. Yes. That's fascinating. That was not in my notes. It yeah. just kind of – I thought I would – Ask yeah. while we were doing that. And I have one other question because it was another one that I thought was kind of fascinating in there. So part of the contract with the company that is letting them option this planet is you have to take these sec bots with you. Uh -huh. You have to have security to ensure right. that you're not going to uh, get eaten or fall down a hole or whatever. But you have to have their security. Yes, which is not a very good one. No. And does not have bad... very good education modules. And it has bad hardware. So it's yes. just very mm -hmm. mediocre in every here, aspect. Here is your sad band-aid. <laughs> Enjoy going back out right. into this and wild planet. And pay us. Thank you. Yes, lots of money. And But one of the things that I thought was really helpful about having a sec unit when you went down there is it could connect to their hub, their mm -hmm. their household hub. And it also had a series of drones. Like it had these little drones that sounded like little insect sized mm -hmm. ones. And it could send out the drones to scope out different areas. And it could connect with the cameras and the audio and video, video interface from the building because it is meant to be recording AKA spying right. on the people that was serving and data mining every interaction that they had to go back to the corporation that they were owned by. But it made me think a little bit like, 
I wonder if I would, I wonder how helpful versus how distracting it would be to have external additional stimuli. Mm -hmm. Like I am seeing things through my own eyes, Mm -hmm. but then I also have these six little droids I can look through and 12 different cameras in the building. Right. And as a human with my processing power, I think that would drive me bonkers. Uh Uh-huh. Because I don't have compound eyes. Right. I, I cannot see from that many angles. I can barely handle two computer screens <laughs> when I'm at work. I just, I, I don't know that I could do that. But it sounds like it would be so helpful. Yeah. I wonder what you would think. Well, it, it is funny that you asked that because um, Murderbot and Dr. Mensa mm-hmm. have sort of offline conversations regularly. Mm-hmm. And no one else can hear them because they're done through the module, whatever that yep. is. And yet, Murderbot is supposed to also be paying attention to everything else that's going on, Mm -hmm. and so is Dr. Mensa. And she, by the way, I think is a terrific character. I really... She gets even better. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I kept thinking to myself, I can't... If if I'm talking to somebody and somebody else interrupts me, like, all systems are off. Like, I can't... (laughs) I can't even... So I don't know how you... You're not all systems red. You're all systems down. Yeah, (laughs) all systems broken. I just... So... I was thinking the whole time, like, wow, that's a lot of multitasking. Yeah. A lot of stimulants coming yeah. at you at the same time. I like the idea of it. I like the idea of having more information and more intel. And that's kind of what, like, our phone does for us. Right. What the internet does. But then I also get incredibly tired. Like, right. you know, you sit there and you scroll for 10 minutes. You're like, wow, that was a lot of work. <laughs> my, finger, my, thumb. my finger hurts, but my brain hurts because <laughs> right. you're absorbing all that information. And it just, it made me respect it a little bit. It even more right. that that amalgam composite that is Murderbot of the human components and the robot components, and having compassion mm-hmm. and not empathy. I don't know that it had empathy, but mm-hmm. it it was certainly trying. So to have concern, I keep going back to the word loyalty. I think that's what it was. Yeah. It felt loyal to the humans, even though it didn't like them. Yes, and it felt responsible for them. Yes, agreed. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't, to me, out of compassion or kindness. It was just, this is what I'm here for. This is Mm. my, the expectation of me. Okay. I think there was a little bit of compassion in there. I think about when, when, towards the start, when one of the scientists is about to be eaten by the big monster guy. Yeah. And he has to get that person away from the monster. But then he's also talking this other person down from the cliff because they are panicking. Yep, yep. And then over the course of the next couple of chapters, he's getting them out of this pit and getting them back to their home and right. helping to ensure that they don't die of blood loss. Right. And he, he could have just let one of them die. Absolutely. And it would not have been a violation of his contract. Nobody would have said, like, wow, you, you didn't do your job, bad robot. You're going to go sit in a corner for a month. Right. It would have been acceptable Totally loss. fine. Right. And he chose it, chose not to do that. Right. Um, so I, I am going to assign a little bit of compassion to it. So I was thinking of that, too, and yeah. we read that differently because yeah. Dr. Mensa later comes in and says, wow, you did a spectacular job. Mm-hmm. And Murderbot thinks to itself, what did I do? I don't even remember doing anything. Mm-hmm. I don't remember talking. He, It apparently mm-hmm. asked the other doctor about Their that family. doctor's family yep. to just keep them talking and mm-hmm. uh, distracted yep. from the panic that was going on. Yeah. And Murderbot says to himself, I don't remember doing any of that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't important. I just did what I needed to do. Mm-hmm. So to me, that was that was the case for it being out of loyalty and just sort of putting one foot in front mm-hmm. of the other, not like, oh, I love these people. Mm-hmm. I feel some kind of care or worry on their behalf. It was okay. more procedural. 
And I went even the opposite of that, <laughs> where I thought, okay, if I, w if I was in a situation where I felt compassionate and maybe even empathy for people, I might be hyper-focusing on both of them mm -hmm. enough that I'm not paying attention to the actual actions that I take. Oh, right. Yeah. Definitely. Either one. Yeah, I'm just so I glad it you like this direction. book. I'm I found so it charming. I, so I do have a question for you without giving anything away <gasps> to anybody who might read anybody yeah, yeah. else who might read. Anybody else's, all the other people who listen. Yes, thank right. you. Um, I thought it was a really weird throwaway mention of humans having polygamous marriages. Oh, they're married to five mm -hmm. other people and they're married to. No, that doesn't come back. It was just this weird, like, yeah. And no, nope. of it, it didn't. It was not positive or negative nope. to me. It was just odd. Uh, it does not really come back. Huh. No. Okay. At least not that I remember. It's been a while since I've okay. read some of them. I think you would but... have remembered. I mean, if if that were a was big not. part of the book. Nope. Interesting. Sorry. Okay. That was just a little bit of ground setting that did not get followed up on. <laughs> so now that I know. How amazing mm -hmm. we both are at enjoying books. Okay. What are you bringing to the table for next month? Well, there's good news and there's bad news. It doesn't really start well. I mean, it's not really good when that's what someone leads off with, is it? Tell me how interesting your choice is. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember that I confessed a little while ago that I am stalking by listening uh, to a reader that... I Whose voice I happen to like. Yes, that is when we read Eager, The Surprising History of Beavers. Excellent memory. Yes. Good job, you. I, that's not the told title, but it's, it's pretty very close. It's very close. Ben Goldfarb. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Nice job. Nailed it. Um, yeah, so this reader uh, also read a book called The Abortion and Historical Romance 1966. That is the title. Okay. By Richard Bradigan. And I'm not sure I'm saying his name right. Okay. Um, but that's what it looks like to me. And so, and it was pretty short, so I mm -hmm. decided, okay, I'll listen to that too. I, yeah. Whatever. Um, I'm so confused by that book. I need <laughs> you to read it so that we can talk about it because a library uh, is a very important part of the book. Okay. And so um, I, I think a restraining order might be necessary <laughs> for me. I am stalking from afar this poor reader. Okay. Uh, but that is how I got to this book. Okay. And again, it's called The Abortion and Historical Romance 1966 by Richard Brodigan. And historical romance. Oh, so you're going to do that too, huh? That no, is... let's, do it next, let's do it next month. Okay. 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 Um, just to be clear. Yes. This is not a book that we are discussing because either of us have any viewpoints or trying to share any feelings on current women's health or other issues. Oh, correct. Issues. It is an abortion factors in to the okay. story. Fine. But it is not a political Got statement it. in any way. Okay. Or that's not true. It is not a current political statement in any way. Understood. I am not going to say I'm looking forward to reading it. <laughs> I am going to say I will read it. And it's short. Okay, then. Thank so, you. So thank you for joining us on You're Making Me Read What? <laughs> Even if this book wasn't your cup of tea, which obviously it is because we both loved it, <laughs> uh, there are millions more where that came from. And don't forget, you can always grab these books and lots more at your local library. So join us next month when we will be discussing The Abortion and Historical Romance 1966 by Richard Bradigan. Thank you and keep on reading. <laughs>